0: Gotham to Tokyo
1: Podcast. Presented by Hello everybody, and thank you again for joining the Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast. I am your host, Tony. Today we got more of that shit that you love. Music interviews, and of course, music. Today, we have an interview with a long-time Japan resident who has been in the music scene of Tokyo since around 2006. And of course, we have a bunch of music coming out of the city of Tokyo. So without any further ado, let's get into Bands of Tokyo. The first band to be featured today is actually a band from Thailand, who are now living in Tokyo. They are called Handshake of Carbon Monoxide. They play a mixture of alternative rock, ambient, psychedelic, progressive, and they released their self-titled debut EP, Handshake of Carbon Monoxide, this past July. You can find their music on YouTube, as well as Bandcamp, and this is their song, sit and think. Again, that was handshake of carbon monoxide with sit and think. That is available on Bandcamp and YouTube. Band to be featured today is another band that features foreigners, and that is as a Sketchpad. Three out of four members of the band are from other countries, and their sound is very reminiscent of bump of chicken esque J rock, with 90s Midwest. And American emo music. Their first EP, UNGL004, was released this past May. And this is the first track off of that EP. This is Lose, Lose. <laughs> Again, that was as a sketchpad with Lose Lose off of their 2020 EP, which you can find on Bandcamp and Spotify. Today's guest, we will be talking to Mr. Matt Bigelow, host of the Japan What! podcast and longtime resident of Japan. We talk about everything from music to podcasts to everything in between. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. All right, Mr. Matt Bigelow, thank you very much for coming on the Gotham to Tokyo podcast today. How are you doing?
2: Doing good. Thank you for having me. All
1: right, so before we get into your history of uh, what it is that you do in Japan, could you just tell us a little bit about what you do as a job and what's your story right now?
2: Sure. I've recently changed careers. I'm a, I'm a professional writer, a podcaster, and a musician. Uh, but the only thing that pays is the writing at this point. But I've I've been involved a lot in the... Private corporate sector for uh, teaching as well, making curriculums for major corporations and um, uh, developing uh, interpreting materials as well. So it's a little bit of everything, um, quite the little adventure. And uh, I've kind of struck out my own thing here and doing it my own way.
1: Great. So for everybody listening, Matt is the host of the Japan What podcast, and you are originally from Vancouver, correct?
2: That's correct, Amundo.
1: All right. So, what did you do when you first came here to Japan?
2: Uh, well, I, I was paying off my student loans. Um, uh, in the where I was from in Canada, uh, job market wasn't very good, and I wanted to travel and pay off money. So, I got a job with what was then called Nova, which was sh- uh, short for No Vacation, and I uh, worked there for about a year. I worked at a small school, and I lived in an apartment building. With a whole bunch of like international people, and it was only a ten-minute walk away. So I, I, worked. I could walk to work in Tokyo, and there was a bar around the corner where that was like a live house. And I was, I'm a musician, so I could. I, I had like a, a live house, uh, a friend center, and a workplace all within a five or ten-minute walk. And I was also paying off my loans at the time. So Nova has a really bad reputation, as it should, because it turned out they were a bunch of crooks. Uh, and I'm glad that the guy, Nozomi Hasashi, I can't remember the CEO's name, he, he was put in the clinker. Uh, but I, I had a good time uh, during my one year there. It's like, um, it's, it, I, I called it college with money.
1: <laughs> All right, so we talked a little bit about your professional history with work and stuff let's get into a little bit about you with music. So you came here in 2006 and could you tell me a little about what it was that you were doing at the time with music and what the vision was?
2: Yeah. At the time I was um, pursuing a singer songwriter and acoustic stuff. Um, I made a band, a few bands with like Dobros and um, really more on the acoustic side of things. I would say it's like a mixture of like Frank Black, Johnny Cash, and uh, maybe a little bit of, like, Annie DeFranco in there and her jazzy years, so, yeah, that, that type of stuff.
1: 2006 was a very different time. Could you talk a little bit about what the music industry was like? Yeah,
2: there? well, this is the thing, is that um, in 2006, it was before smartphone technology and computer networks were really limited to terminals. You would Even your laptop was kind of a terminal back then, Um and so, and if you didn't have a CD player in your computer, that was considered to be behind the times. So at that time, um, and you know, it, it was before everything was so connected. So a long time ago, you could make CDs and go to to parties and clubs and things like that, and have more of a uh, uh, word of mouth distribution. Now everything is quite different. I, I I was playing in a klezmer band. Klezmer is a type of traditional Jewish. Um, folk music and I did that for about five years and did a TEDx event that was kind of the peak of our of our of our climb I guess you could say and that ended about a year and a half ago and since then I haven't really been doing music it was it's I'm getting back into it now but I'm also wondering how can we as musicians um, not get involved with always trying to stream on spotify and get on to youtube and i kind of feel like it's um all very super corporate while trying to not be corporate but but it's okay to be corporate but you know on my time working in corporations in japan i was getting paid but i never gotten paid like uh if i get a if i get streams on spotify i get 0.003 yen per stream It's an impossible business model that only makes sense for the billionaires who own the algorithms. So moving forward, I'm not exactly sure, but I have a website. I'm kind of rambling and all over the place here, but what I'm trying to get to the point is I have a website and I'm trying to consider doing music through online connections, but people send tracks to each other and mix them and keep them on some sort of local plane but i'm not sure how to do that so yeah it, it could be cool uh and then we don't have to travel and, and and we're, I'm getting older. I just turned forty as well, so I'm not really in the mood to on a Wednesday evening, you know, spending nine 8, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. in a rehearsal studio on the other side of town, getting ready for a a show where everybody just comes and looks at their smartphones and updates Instagram all the time. It's 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 like it's a really bad time.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely, on that one, man. I completely agree.
2: Like it's, I'm wondering if I'm being nostalgic because, but I'm not sure that I am because the audience now are content creators. It's a very strange dynamic where the media, the medium was the music and people would go and watch the music, but now the medium is the smartphone. So now the music acts as a capture device for the audience to share on their own platform in real time in a digital sphere, it's, it's very strange and very bizarre. And uh, one thing I know is that it's super powerful, but the other thing that I know is that I don't get a lot of positive feedback, not, not from the clips that people share, but from the overall experience. It feels kind of like a surveillance state, to be honest. Like everybody is like some happy Gestapo member sharing their information on some sort of digital cloud and some algorithm and AI uh, image segmenter is looking at all of the reactions in the crowd and establishing what type of mood is taking place. It's it's very strange.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you have a very successful podcast, the Japan What Podcast, WUT. Uh, could you just explain a little bit about what you're trying to do with that, and what the idea behind it is, and what why you started making this podcast uh, here in
2: Japan. Yes, of course. I'd been doing a podcast earlier, a different podcast called the Maddie B Files when I was a singer songwriter. That was my alias, Maddie B, but I've 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 killed him. I've murdered him. Um, I didn't like what it turned into, and so I spent a few years trying to understand the music scene through the podcast, the Matty B files, and I interviewed a lot of musicians. um, And I discovered that a lot of musicians actually aren't very interesting. Um, Unfortunately, like that's why they're musicians, they they kind of sit in a room and pick at a guitar two or three hours a day. And that's how they express themselves. Um, I also realized that um, interest in music was basically decreasing amongst the general population, unfortunately. And then I also realized that a lot of the musicians were, um, you know, I don't mean to get partisan, it's not my intent, but a lot of them turned out to be like communists, like hardcore Marxists. And I I was thinking like, okay, I like watching your music, but when I hang out with you, I just feel like I have to always talk about some sort of political paradigm here, or like I'm a Canadian living in Japan, why am I dealing with American Marxists? and And it kind of gave me, again, I, I kind of felt like I'm not sure how much future I have here. So the reason why I started the Japan What podcast was to move it shift it away from music and shift it more into lifestyle or um, more of a like a like, a, like t- uh, philosophy, lifestyle, interview with interesting people, like what we're doing here, like a call-in on Skype or Zoom or whatever. And then do some news i'm I'm a professional writer as my day job these days so i i'm aware of um journalism and and how to talk about it and maybe disseminate some bias and things like that so i wanted to go from like a super hyper focus of music to kind of pull back and do like not not some sort of this day in politics or did you hear what trump did oh the russians I, i kind of got sick of all that and i wanted to create like a a space for myself where i could explore Ideas in a nonpartisan environment, and then uh, go back and forth with people who want to call in and, and, and talk about things and, and things like that. Wow, you that's know?
1: really cool. Wow, that's pretty fucking amazing.
2: We've been doing pretty good, actually. Um, we, we did well. We I started the podcast in December uh, with another co-host, and then I recently the, the first co-host quit unexpectedly when uh, we were talking about maybe getting some gear. <laughs> you know somehow you know gear made that everything go south oh, uh or or maybe some of the topics involved as well i'm not sure hmm. and then i got another co-host mike rogers who is a long-term resident in, in japan here uh and host of mike rogers show and color red radio um which which focusing on Japanese indies or kind of um, modern-day funk music and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he has a long-term uh, status here in Japan, and uh, he also has gear. And we've been doing that for about, uh, I don't know, I've been doing the project for about six, seven months now. And we're up to episode 33, a very good number. And we also, we got up, we got about 2,000 weekly subscribers. And uh, what else do we got? We, we're doing pretty good in the um, iTunes charts but one thing that I've... Well, basically, I don't know why, but I think some of those... The reasons why I'm slamming those Marxists is maybe I'm a little bit paranoid. But uh, I secretly believe that because I posted a link to a video that may have been a right-wing person, I, I have no idea. I think some people reported me to Facebook, and Facebook banned my advertiser. So I can't advertise on Facebook. I'm essentially shadow banned. Um and I've looked into it, and it seems to be the case. And I've had other people confirm with me that that is the case. So I have to get people to share the the links and the videos that I post in order to expand. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do here is get people on who are cool and nice. And then they share the links, they share the videos, and it expands through their sphere and, uh, and try to pick up some people like that. Kind of like a groundhog that pops up and then pops up and pops up they make their own networks they make their own networks cuz you got to you can't rely on 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 these big tech uh, people to be your friends cuz they, they they are arbitrarily just banning people because there's probably quotas just like a police officer he's not intentionally being a dick when he's giving you a speeding ticket he's just giving you a speeding ticket because his his boss told him that he has a quota to fill so i, I essentially in this weird paranoid rambly way believe that um we can't rely on big tech to be your friends we can rely on big tech for the infrastructure because that's what they need to exist but you have to make your own networks and establish um, established your own fortifications that way. Otherwise uh, somebody can just report you for something arbitrary and then you get flushed. Wow.
1: I mean, that's like some George Orwellian shit right there. That's
2: almost impossible to believe, honestly. Yeah. And it was like the, the, it was like some person linked to a video and I saw the video and I, sh- and the video was like, um, I was wondering what was going on in, in Spain at the time because it was the migrant crisis and there was a whole bunch of people walking down a street. And I was like, is this really what is happening? I don't know. And I shared this video which had 600,000 views and somebody suddenly said, this shouldn't be on on Facebook, take it down. And I said, I'm not taking it down. I, this is something I want to talk about. And it went into a huge thing where this event organizer eventually said that conservatives that adopt Christian uh babies, um, they're not worthwhile and the, the, those lives don't matter. It was really strange. Oh like it God. got really
1: weird. <laughs> Yikes, wow, that's that's pushing a limit. I'm
2: not sure a lot of people want to go to. I know. And like I'm kind of going like, why does it have to be this partisan? Like I'm yeah. I'm just I just wanted to why can't we just put this issue on the table and say, hey, we're grown educated adults. Um why do you have to to lunge at people with some sort of knife attack and be like ha you're the guy i'm looking for let's take this you know it's 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 so low resolution and immature it's uh, something that i really didn't want to pursue and i had to get away from those people essentially.
1: I, I honestly i don't blame you but talking about that kind of stuff but you've been doing the japan what podcast like you said since december and you've had a lot of different guests. Do you have a favorite guest or someone that you had on the show?
2: Well, to be honest, they've all been super spectacular, amazing, awesome guests. But um, some of the people that I've really enjoyed uh, re- regarding content are people that have, I would say, um, uh, they're multi-stacked people. One person in particular that I'm thinking of, and maybe it's just because this person to me is interesting, and I know him mostly not through, um, not through as a friend, like a lot of not not as a colleague or something like that. Anyways, his name is Foad Alabashi, I believe is the way you say his name, and he's the singer of a of a band that I love called Kyoto Protocol. Um, Really great band from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, and he's also an economist. So he he works in in finance during the day. But at, at night he's like a, a rock star there, a very famous band. and And so to go from, <clears throat> for example, um, AI, tech, music, and all from like an analytical, uh, data-driven perspective instead of an ideological perspective those types of guests for me have been really good but also I really liked um, Mike Marrington he's a drummer uh, he was the drummer for SMAP and the drummer for Sekai no Owari which are some of the biggest bands in Japan so we could get some behind the scenes um, uh, gossip you know from him but he's also super down to earth and he he plays a lot of indie music as well so Basically, people that are humble have a have a wide range of experience and are able to bring something to the table without freaking out about it. Those are the people that I like best. You know, I I, I like to I like to I like to get people in who are interesting. And I and then instead of have being interrupted in a in a social event all the time, you could basically kind of squeeze this person for all of their their rich juices and put it into a podcast. Yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. I mean, for myself personally, I started this podcast just because I wanted to get to know more about the Tokyo music scene. You know, I'm coming from the hardcore, the metal, the punk, the the more heavy side of the music scene, but. I think there's a lot of interesting people. And I'm just a person that really believes in community, not competition. But when I started this podcast, it was just mostly because I wanted to get to know the musicians that are here and the bands and the stories. And are just trying to get all of that together onto tape so that we could have like a fun history. Yeah,
2: I agree. I think that there should be a little bit of competitiveness um, as well. The community is good, too. Uh, but the sometimes what I found in the community uh, is it's it's a little bit vagrant. Uh, a lot of people come and go, and then sometimes the people that stay here a long time uh, kind of carve out a turf for themselves, and they 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 are competitive in their their own way, while at the same time proclaiming uh, working for the community. It's it's a it's a strange little balance, but it's there. Yeah.
1: All right. So could you tell us a little bit about your musical background, like what type of music you're into, et cetera?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, my, my background in music, I, I used to play uh, saxophone in junior high school and high school. So at a concert band experience there. Um, it's a really good education because you really learn a lot about levels and acoustics and things like that. And then after, uh, after the, that, in, I learned I self taught myself drums and guitar. And I really like um, acoustic music, acoustic blues music, and uh, like outlaw country music—not not not stadium country music, but more like the Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash type of music. And then I also really got into uh, klezmer music. Um, but uh, I like like some 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 bands that I like these days is a guy named Corb Lund. It's two words. Yeah, he's a guy from uh, Alberta, Canada, and he just released an album called Agricultural Tragic, and it's um, it, it's like straight ahead uh, folk rock country, but there's a little bit of funk in there as well. Uh, another band that I've, another band from a long time ago that I've been re- listening to recently is Big Wreck. Um, they're like a rock band, but they don't get depressing or weird. It's just straight ahead rock, and they're they, the singer is amazing, and the the whole band is amazing. Another one that I like these days is another band called Clutch. Clutch is great. Um, and then, you know, another one that I like is Corrosion of Conformity. Uh, it's just like this crazy. It's like caveman angry music. You know, like if you're angry and you're and you're walking and you put this on, you you like you feel like you can walk through a wall or something like that and scream at everybody like a Kool Aid Man. Uh, Sturgill Simpson again you can kind of see that there's this I'm just looking at my uh, iTunes here um, you know things like that and I like Chili Gonzalez who's a pianist uh, came from Canada but moved to Germany Chili Gonzalez does a lot of uh, just like single piano pieces they're like three and a half minutes long a real mixture of pop and classical but not cheesy so he he really takes something that's melodic and something that's um uh atonal and mixes them together sometime and but it's not it's not disgusting so you know uh, chris stapleton is another one i like black sabbath uh primus and all of that type of stuff
1: Uh. yeah all right so that's that's some really great music in there so uh could you talk a little bit about some japanese bands that you like some music that's coming out of maybe tokyo or just japan in general
2: yeah um uh what what, i can't remember their names because it's been a while but um uh oh 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 the dirty tees there you go the dirty tees dirty tees is a great um like straight ahead uh four on the floor rock band they're awesome Uh, another one would be the Kinley band the Kinley band is a mixture of funk reggae and rock Um, Andy Kinley is the lead for that and he put together an amazing group of musicians um, and when you see them live you see music being brought to the next level as well and uh, Mike Marrington's band as well. Uh, can't remember their names right now because I wasn't, you know. Just it. It's so many bands come and go. Uh, Tits, tats, and whiskers was another band. A lot of these bands, though, because of the transitory scene here, and and because a lot of like bands come and go. Um, It's hard to have a band that you like over a long period of time So a lot of the bands I've mentioned gig hardly ever these days Or they're defunct Um, And so uh, I'm not sure what type of band community there is Because everything is, like I said, it's, it's, it's no longer 2006, it's 2020 covid everything else there's a lot of amazing talented musicians you can go to open mics and and see some of the best musicians of your life i used to host an open mic in Gamaso, which is now defunct as well and you would just like people would come in very humble sit down they'd get up on the on the on the stage and they would some amazing crazy ass music and then they would just leave and you'd never see him again <laughs> yeah, that happens
1: a lot doesn't it that really does happen a lot <laughs>
2: it's it's yeah like that you know all right so you just
1: said like you just said it's like it's 2020 it's not 2006 anymore and that's very true especially with coronavirus and the effect that it's going to have on the, not just the music industry but the world over And what do you think is going to happen with the music industry, not just in Japan, but the entire world now with the the coronavirus situation?
2: Yeah, I think that um, the the coronavirus has kind of really affected um, interpersonal trust with social distancing and masks and things like that. So if I want to stand next to you without a mask, basically a lot of people would want to stab me and you can't really go into a live house and jump around with a bunch of people with masks with social distancing uh and and then if you know like the idea of going to like a club or a live house you would go down it would be smoky and murky and then somebody would hand you a beer and the beer would splash over the side and you wouldn't you wouldn't think twice but now is everything going to be like this antiseptic you know gattaca zone i'm not sure where this is going a lot of the the venues as well were hanging on by a thread because uh, the the bis, the mediums are changing, but the business model isn't. And most people are holding the future in their hands, this phone while existing in a in a in a, a kind of an anachronism. So uh, moving forward, the, the idea that I had earlier that I'm seeing a lot of now is digital bands where people send tracks to each other and mix things and record a video of themselves or something like that. I can see that um, having an effect. People were trying to do things like um, live shows and with a donation button, and you might get 20 or 30 bucks that way. Uh, again, I'm not sure that's a possibility. Uh, people moving to Twitch or something like that. Okay, here's one idea that I've had that just came back to me. The rehearsal studios in Japan are some of the best in the world. The gear is usually better there than at the live houses depending on the live house you go to. So, if you can get a gigabit connection feed a wire like a a fiber optic wire into the live not the live house but the rehearsal studio, now you can have live performances with very low latency. So you can have very high def video, and you could have a sound engineer who mics up everything well and puts it through there. And now you can do live shows from the rehearsal studio. That's a possible future thing, but again, I'm not sure. I know that a lot of people that I used to see at live shows and live houses, and we'd share beers with each other, now have totally flipped out and gone insane because of this whole coronavirus thing. You know, and the mainstream media and uh, you know American late night talk shows aren't helping. And so they send me messages now like, take care, stay safe, social distancing. You know, they're not sending me things like, hey, how about this music? So I'm not sure how this is going looking forward. There are opportunities, of course. I'm not sure how to see them at this moment, but it's very murky. It's not pretty. And our leaders and everybody else is trying to get us to move into this japan society 5.0 where everything is digital and we stay in our boxes and drones deliver everything to us and so you know i I think that uh like it feels like a leninist 1917 kind of commentary i'm gonna drag russia screaming and kicking into the 20th century or whatever he said and it kind of feels like that's what's happening so um i I, like I don't mean to be like a negative Nancy here. Um, but I'm not I've had my the CDs taken away as a source of revenue. Uh, and I've had you know every all of the customer bases moved on away into streaming uh, through corporate apps. It's not like Netflix uh, not Netflix. I'm sorry, what uh, what was that um, thing that uh, Lars Ulrich hated of Metallica? Napster. Napster was a good, free distribution thing because it was p 2 p. But now it's like person to corporation to person, where the corporation exists as like a masonic pyramid at the top of some flaming temple that you know sucks up all of the all of all of the, the, the peons' taxes and, and redistributes it in a in a in a kind of a an insulting manner.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, man, like this, this past eight months of 2020, the, the world has just changed so much. And you know, all of our lives have changed so much and the world has changed so much. So like, what what kind of stuff do you do just like pass the time at home or whatever?
2: Yeah, I drink a lot. We listen to podcasts. <laughs> I think that's what everybody yeah. does these days. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Honestly, that's so true. But you know, you 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 look at the rest of the world, and you look at Japan and you see that Japan, while still has a lot of rising cases of coronavirus, the effect has not been nearly as bad as, you know, say, like our home countries, the United States and Canada. Uh, why is that? Why, why is it that Japan got off relatively easy while the rest of the world got basically, you know, punched in the fucking face by all this stuff, honestly?
2: I, I think it's because it's a clean society. Everything's being cleaned, so the virus doesn't have a chance to spread. Yeah, it is. It is clean, yeah. Except in a host club where people are drinking champagne out of each other's shoes. Oh,
1: God, fuck those host clubs, honestly. Those places are breeding grounds. All right, man, so I know that you uh, you said you got work later on today, so I don't want to keep you uh, much longer, so uh, I guess we'll wrap it up soon. So if you have any you know, thoughts or anything you want to talk about, uh, now's the time.
2: All right, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to end on a on a positive note here. Look for the shining light of the future. Yes, absolutely. Always got to stay
1: positive, even the most shit situations like we're in right now. All right, so just one more time reminding everyone, the Japan What Podcast. Just uh, give it one more shout out.
2: Yep, just check out Japan What Podcast. Um, I also have a blog on my website, matthewpmbigelow.com. That's matthewpmbigelow.com. I write a lot about um, surveillance capitalism these days because I became an expert in artificial intelligence in the last few years. Uh, so I have this over-the-horizon view of the future, and um, I'm, I'm ahead of the curve and by a few years of what's coming and so if you're interested in knowing what's going on there go to my website and the blog matthewpandbigelow.com japan what podcast is available on all your streaming platforms just search japan what podcast and start streaming
1: thank you so much for coming on here today matt it has been great and everybody once again check out the japan what podcast with matt bigelow and thank you so much for coming on here matt
2: all right thanks a lot man
1: once again, that was my interview with Matt Bigelow of the Japan What Podcast. You can find that on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast at Japan podcast. That's going to do it for the Gotham to Tokyo Podcast Episode 3. I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to thank Matt Bigelow of the Japan What Podcast for coming on. We're going to leave you with one last song. Bye handshake of carbon monoxide this song is called sleep paralysis and we will see you guys next week